Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Today is Tuesday, February 7th, 2012. The title of the show is Long Island Brewing, Pretzel Making, and Pork. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43. Thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. You can learn more about beer. Check out the Beer Cloud mobile app and take the Great Brewers test. Figure out your beer knowledge. And we're supported by the people at the Good Beer Seal. Check out GoodBeerSeal.com. We've got a very cool show tonight. My friend Chris Kuzmi is here. Uh, hey, Jimmy. Chris, uh, you guys just had the, the Homebrew Alley from the New York City Homebrewers Guild. How did that go? It was amazing. It was amazing. We had 670 entries or that registered for it, um, and we had 650 beers that showed up. We had 52 judges, 30 30 stewards, and it was just an amazing ordeal to get through some really, really talented talented homebrewers out there, and uh, to get through it all was, was awesome. I remember just five years ago, you guys had, what was the first year you had about 100 entries? Was that it? We had about 200 entries the first year. And uh, and yeah, it's grown exponentially, and I expect it to be over like in the area of 800 next year, undoubtedly. And on, on that note, like uh, the National Home Brewers Conference, just to, to to speak to this and the and the popularity of home brewing, uh, the National Home Brewers Conference uh, tickets went on sale on February 1st. By February 3rd, they were completely sold out. We're talking about you know almost 3,000 tickets, and uh, I'm on I'm actually on a waiting list. I didn't make it. Mary made it. My my partner Mary made it, and I I'm, I'm waiting to see wow. if I can. I'll be well, there. On that note. The, the, the rise of the homebrew movement, um, we're starting to see a lot of new uh, startup breweries come through, and whether they're graduates of UC Davis, uh, like the guys from Bronx Brewery, or, or you know homebrewers who are ready for the next step up, we've seen quite a few. And today on today's show, uh, we've got the guys from Montauk Brewing Company, another soon-to-be you know commercial brewer. Uh, let's introduce the guys. We've got Vaughn Cotillo. And if, and if, say your name if I didn't say it right. No, you got All it. All right, Vaughn Cotillo, Vaughn? Joe Sullivan. Hey, how's it going? And Joseph. Eric Moss from Montauk Brewing. So tell us about you guys. I mean, you guys are just getting started. So l- tell us the backstory and uh, what you guys plan to do and where you're located and everything. Um, basically, this is uh, this is kind of a, a three-year project in the running where, you know, we started out as home brewers, uh, brewing in the basement, brewing out of the picnic coolers, doing the whole, you know, home brewer thing. Um, and... You know, now we're we're kind of seeing the opportunity to, you know, open up a brewery in Montauk, you know, our our, our hometown that does not have a brewery. So, um, three of us came together. Um, Eric went to uh, went to school out in Colorado, kind of started the whole brewing brewing idea out there. Um, brought it home to Montauk, and three of us got together. You know, tested out a bunch of batches. Uh, put it out to to our friends to see if it was actually drinkable and it turns out it's it is or at least they tell us it is so um just kind of running <laughs> with it from there 
So along the way, you've, you've had some people give you suggestions and, and uh, inspiration. Who have you been talking to in the beer and food community? Um, you know, it was really kind of enjoyable for us to to learn about the whole beer industry. Everybody's kind of opened their arms to us. Um, specifically, I mean, uh, Don Sullivan, who, who runs Southampton Public House, you know, he's built quite an operation out there and he opened his contact lists he was really open to to kind of teaching us how to you know start our business um you know what to avoid what to retain and and we've kind of grown from there so we started you know when joe approached me and said hey do you have any interest in in doing this thing and and doing it for real um you know we found the right people who have given us great kind of information on how to get to the next step and who is this guy? This is Eric. Yeah, I'm Eric. And uh, you, who, you, who's designated the brewer? Are you guys all the brewers? Are you the? Well, you have jobs, right? So, what's your job, Joe? Yeah, so we're all we're all technically brewers. We're all you know we all get our hands in on it. But Eric's really the one who's who's coming up with our recipes and kind of leading the charge with that. Um, so we uh, we're looking to start out with an ESB. Um, but uh, Eric, I'll let you take take this here. Yeah, I mean, we decided to go start out with an ESB. Um, you know, I tried to put the recipe together, and, uh, you know, we've brewed a bunch of test batches, and, uh, you know, we all get together. Chris, what do you think what? about this ESB? I, I love this ESB. It's a, I mean, it's stronger than an average ESB, though, right? We were at 6%, you said? Yeah, we're about 6%. Uh, so, so the, you know, uh, it's got a really nice, I mean, the, the B is definitely there. The bittering there is definitely, it's definitely bitter, definitely decently highly hopped. And it's really quaffable. Every every sip, I want an, another sip. I mean, when I'm done with that sip, I, I can't wait for the next one. And uh, there's a really that, that maris otter, that that peanut peanut butter kind of quality in there is really really nice. Yeah, we went with uh you know American hops with this one. We you know stayed away from you know Americanized the ESB a little. Bit, yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it feels like a hybrid for that. But but I hear you, you were talking before we actually went online talking about how you wanted to go do an ESB instead of starting with an IPA or like the highly hopped kind of a lot of breweries these days i mean we're, we're a lot of american breweries i mean we're, we're yeah. american we like american hops we like the really hop we, we, we've created a culture of hop heads <laughs> and I, finally we're, we're starting to branch away from that a little bit yeah we um, didn't want to get in that whole you know goal we'll try to go a little different way and so you want this esb to be the flagship for uh, at least at the start for for montauk it is yeah i mean it's you know obviously we'll get into the ipas and and eric's a huge porter fan so he's you know he's been chomping at the bit to to brew that for us um and we kind of pared it down to the csb it's it's a great beer uh you know very drinkable and you know it's a great kind of montauk's a summer destination um as you know a lot of people know so we wanted something we could have in our tasting room and share with a lot of different people um and something that everybody would like you know beer connoisseurs and then people just passing through say hey you know, I'd I'd like to try a, a Montauk and NBC beer, um, something new, and and we're happy with this. And uh, did anybody steer you towards doing an ESB? Any any of the advisors you had or people you talked to? Um, I that was that was Eric. I'll give him the credit for that one. Um, we were suggested um, to stay away from the IPA as our our first <laughs> beer, which you know. I, I like an IPA, but it, it wasn't going to be the first beer. We're not going to avoid trends, but it, it was something we, we picked this um, a little different. But I'll give Eric the credit for that one. He, he enjoyed, you know, come designing it and, and brewing it. So, Chris, yeah. well, it's true. I mean, IPAs now, they're omnipresent. You know, you, you see yeah. every brewery's making one. They're almost interchangeable. So, no, I think an IPA is just a hopped pale ale the way well, a they, lot of people make them. Well, I mean, that's 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well said. Uh, I, we, I'll, I mean, speaking from experience a little bit, I mean, we started a brewery, Wandering Star, uh, you know, six, seven months ago, and we, with the same, with the same idea in mind, and we, we are just now coming with our, out with our first IPA. A lot of people are very ex- excited. Chris is happy to do it, but he doesn't like IPAs very much at all. He doesn't like overly hot things, um, but uh, I think this one will be fun. I haven't tasted it yet, but, but I mean, it's taken us seven months as a brewery to even get to to thinking about an IPA along these same lines, but um, uh, it should be fun. All right. So Montauk <laughs> Brew, you guys are really trying hard. Um, tell me what you're doing going forward. Like you, you brought some beers today. Where did you make these beers? So uh, we made these beers uh, a few weeks ago out in Montauk. Um, we have our location, you know, uh, used to be a woodworking shop in Montauk converting to a brewery. Uh, initially, we're actually going to be starting out contract brewing. We fought the idea for a couple of years, you know, wanting to, you know, have our hands completely in everything that we're doing. But um, after trying to work it over, you know, number-wise, what, what we can actually come up with, we decided to start out with contract brewing. So, you know, initially our, our recipes are designed in Montauk, but we're actually going to be working with a brewery upstate to, you know. Which, which one's that? We're, we're working with uh, Butternut's Beer and Ale. So how did you get in contact with them? Because I, I know that the guys from Spiderbite... <clears throat> Uh, a few other people are, are also having their beer made there. Are, are they actively looking for new brewers to, to as, make beer with them? Yeah, as far as I know, they they had recently acquired uh, the Cooperstown Brewery, so they they opened up that. So they've got a fourteen barrel system and a twenty barrel system now. Um, and uh, we actually found them through Pro Brewer. You know, go go Pro Brewer. It's a great spot to you know post. You know, if you're looking for anything to try to get into the brewing industry, Pro Brewer helped out quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah, and, and Chuck's been, I mean, Chuck at Butternuts, he's, you know, helped us. We went up to his operation up in uh, Garrettsville, and he just opened his arms to us also. We went into his tasting room, we checked out his facility, and uh, right off the bat kind of got a good vibe, and, and he was willing to, to work with us on recipes and, and really help us kind of take it to the next step. All right. Have you guys tried these pretzels yet? Yeah. What pretzels are those, Jimmy? <laughs> well, I'm going to give a shout-out. Sigmund's Pretzels, uh, located in New York. Uh, we'll talk to Lena. Oh, we can talk to you now. Hi, hey, Lena. Jimmy. Come on, jump on. How's it going? I, I love your pretzels. I'm eating them. And uh, tell us about your pretzels. Well, we opened in 2009 on Lower East Side. I can call it a village. It's um, on Avenue B. And uh, it's been two um, years. Uh, we grew. We started off uh, in a tiny little kitchen and... I pretty much worked um, 24 hours a day. Um, it's a traditional um, preparation. It's a German-style pretzel. It's a light-dip pretzel, and everything is um, handmade. It's long fermentation. We're not a sourdough bread, um, but it's a 24-hour fermentation, so you feel this uh, zing of the sourdough. And um, I think our stick is flavored. We have, of course, classical, salted, but we have about 10 different flavors. We put cheese, and we have feta olive and we have garlic and we have cinnamon and we have all kinds of seeds and then we do all kinds of wacky things for people for their uh, I love pretzels yeah. and, a, and a good pretzel is hard to make yeah it's 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 not an easy bread um, on top of all regular challenges of bread making um, understanding it and being able to adjust the temperatures to the weather to the quality of the ingredients that come in you also have to know the particular lye dipping part of it um so what is, I it's was L Y E. It's lye. Yeah, it's a sodium Isn't that hydroxide. Poison? It's a poison. <laughs> it's not handled properly. Um, so it's, you, you it's, have a, do you have a certificate to handle poison? 
you need to know how to build out your facility and how um, to handle it. But it's centralized by the heat. What it does, it cooks the surface, it cooks the sugars uh, in the flour, and it um, allows to bread, uh, bake the pretzel without the steam. If you know, like usually uh, bread is ste- first steamed in the ovens, that lets the bread rise, and then it, um, it's uh, cooked by the heat. Pretzels don't need it because of this treatment. But on top of it, lye just adds the shine, this particular pretzely taste and smoothness. But uh, this added, added step was something I had to figure out how to do because I was never pretty much trained at bread baking. I'm trained as a pastry um, chef, but uh, bread was my, I would say, my own <laughs> discovery. All right. I know you also you sell at a lot of uh, beer bars around town. Yeah, we've, we've been getting a lot of interest um, from what should have been an obvious uh, place, a, a bar, a beer garden, and... Um, uh, we're working with few beer gardens. And Tell few us bars. about a, a couple of the, the beer bars that you sell to. Well, the first, our first client was the DBA. Our Ray came in. Ray. Yes. Cheers to Ray. Cheers to Ray. Cheers to Ray. Yeah. He came in a month after we opened. He came to the shop. We're two blocks away from each other in East Village. And um, they have been our clients since. And um, we work with. Um, Mowgli, the establishments where we sell to Standard Beer Garden. Um, we have work with Spritzen House in Greenpoint. Uh, there's a lot of smaller places like Cannibal, um, Brooklyn Year, like tiny places that also do a very nice uh, beer program. And we would like to continue with that. It looks like um, this is something that is probably surprisingly enough not a traditional menu item on the beer garden's menu, but it should be. <laughs> uh, the way it is now, I was surprised to find out people import frozen products from Germany. So they import baked frozen pretzels and they keep them for months in the freezers. Um, and this is how you eat them in, in majority of places that sell them, in, in the city at least. So we would like to... Um, so it's like Wonder Bread. It's like... Well, no? not, I would say the quality is not as awful. And of course, they, <laughs> they they use preservatives and they use conditioners, and it's of course uh, it's done by machines. And for the machine to make something like that, uh, the, the the dough has to be stabilized so it doesn't you know act out depending on the weather. So um, those are not all natural product, but um, still a pretzel more than one the bread is a bread. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's a frozen item, and it's it's not. Again, I would I would say that our uh, pretzels are different in a way that. I think the New Yorkers in particular like uh, a pretzel to be a chewy and more of a doughy than um, a German pretzel, which is fluffier and more bread-like than a pretzel. Well, talking about uh, food and beer, pretzels and beer, that's a good thing, pretzels and beer. Are you guys going to have pretzels at, at your brewery? What's going to happen with the brewery? So you, right now you're contracting. One day you will have a brewery in Montauk? Or right. So so the building we have in, in Montauk is, um, you know, this late spring Early summer, we're going to be opening our tasting room um, with the beer that's contracted, designed in Montauk, brewed elsewhere. Um, And that is right in downtown Montauk. Um, So we will have the tasting room open there, and it will be available in local bars and restaurants there. Um, And the building is large enough and has been, you know, East Hampton Town has been very good about kind of welcoming us and the the idea of the brewery in Montauk. So the building is actually large enough and and approved now for um, a 15-barrel system, which 
when we're ready we this was kind of a way for us to get our feet wet you know test the market and and keep testing our our small batch system um while also putting a a product out kind of larger quantity product that we've come up with um when the time's right and the you know we're all fairly young here and and when the time's right to take that next step the large investment you know we're eager to do that we're you know it's going to be a fully operational fully functional microbrewery do you guys have a website we have a website right now that's in the works uh montauk as of today the 7th it's not up but soon it will be so feel free to look into it in the future uh we do we are on facebook so you know go ahead and like montauk brewing company on facebook (laughs) all right all right. Uh, this is give a quick shout out. Chris, you're here with, as well as being a homebrew guy, you're here with Patrick Donaher and, and Annie Likes Beer and Mary Isette to talk about uh, a get, another Get Real event, Apocalypse. Um, Patrick, just say hello quickly. Hello, Jimmy. All right. Well, get on the, the microphone, mate. Come on. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Just say hello. This is Patrick. Isn't that what they say? Give us a quick. Isn't that what they say in Ireland? We, we will talk to you. We will talk to you in a few minutes, but just come on, mate. So hello. Hey, Jimmy. Good to be back again. So uh, tell us about your event. What's, what's the name of it? What's the website? Um, the website is getrealny.com. It's our uh, fifth event we're doing now. Um, as usual, everything got to do with beer, everything craft, we throw in to get real. And um, this time is a Apocalypse, where we've got 12 chefs. Apocalypse? Apocalypse. Oh, like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, well, a pork. Lots of pork. And are you going to have uh, Lena's Sigmund pretzels there? Well, just after tasting them, I think we have to. Yeah. All right. Listen, we're setting you guys up. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk more about Apocalypse on Beer Sessions Radio. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. One day while I was eating Cafe. Cafe. A chick came walking through the door that I had never seen before. At least I never saw her die. At Smokey Joe's Cafe. Ooh, and I started shaking when she sat right down next to me. Ooh, her knees were almost touching my At Smokey Joe's Cafe. Her chill was running down my spine. At Smokey Joe's Cafe. Oh, I could smell a sweet perfume. She smiled at me, my heart went boom. Then everybody in the room. At Smokey Joe's Cafe. They said, man, be careful. That chick belongs to Smokey Joe. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We have an awesome studio. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine people in the studio that might be a record, but maybe not. And uh, Mary Azette just came in from My Life on Craft. This Get Real NYC thing is really growing, man. You got uh, Mary Azette, Chris Kuzme, Annie Likes Beer, Patrick Donher. It's a pretty cool group. Yeah. Yeah. We, we um, After the, the first couple of um, events we've done, we decided that this uh, company seems to be growing 
pretty quick and we want to do a few uh, festivals, a few more festivals in New York and we want to bring it across country too. So um, after talking to the older committee, we said let's bring on a few more new faces and get more ideas and, right. and get things rocking. So we did and we brought on Anne, who's just going crazy with ideas over here. <laughs> so yeah, get real. Annie, say hello. I call you Annie Likes Beer because that's your Facebook That's handle. fine. That's Everyone does. Annie Likes Beer. <laughs> so what's going on? You're, 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 you're part of this uh, beer event group now. Yeah, it's it's great. I think um, oh, <laughs> um, one of the things that I love about these festivals is just making beer and food and pairings and everything really accessible to people. And um, it's one of my favorite things about the industry, about you know the culture in general. And I think this is a really good way to get people introduced. So yeah, Get Real is a great way to do it. February 25th, we're all looking really Really and looking forward to it. I would say in this room we have we have two of the more esteemed women in beer in America, and you are uh, you're part of the Cicerone program. What level are you at? Uh, the level two, the certified Cicerone. Um, was talking about probably going to end up taking the master Cicerone test next year. Going to start to get to studying on that one, but not just yet. All right, and Mary Isaac, my life on craft. You're also you're uh, in a. Beer Na- judging circles. What national level are you at? Judge. I'm a national beer judge. For the what's it called? The B- beer judge certification program. So it's an international not for profit uh, organization to certify or to basically train judges for homebrew competitions. Wow, I, I know about it, but I don't know about it. I know okay. that we we have the New York City Homebrewers Guild. Uh, you guys lead classes. Yep, absolutely. Every like year, the BJCP classes. Um, but what is what is this? Is this part of the craft brewers conference or so it's national a, it's, homebrew thing? Mm, it's it's not officially part of the American Homebrewers Organization or the Brewers Association, but um, I think it's an independent organization. The BJCP started in conjunction with the American Homebrewers right. Association, and they together put together this program to basically train judges uh, to acutely uh, give positive and and uh, just uh, helpful helpful f- feedback. Uh, to brewers starting out, um, so by identifying problems or what what uh, by identifying off flavors and telling a brewer how they can avoid these flavors, and uh, the way it works is is beers are judged by style, um, not necessarily is this beer good or bad. Right, and it's a pretty intense training program. So the New York City Homebrewers Guild has run classes since 2006. Every year we've had an exam every year. Um, we always have actually more demand than seats for the exam. Um, it's a pretty intense training program. Wh- why is that? I know there was a, there was a class. For example, you guys do a class at Jamie's Number Forty Three. It starts with right. like forty people. Mm-hmm. By the end, only a certain amount of people can take the right. test. Right. We had uh, seats for a dozen. The thing is, it's an it's an essay driven exam. So there are ten essay questions, um, and then you have to taste and and rate and judge four beers. So it's pretty intensive for the graders. It takes a long time to grade. Um, so the BJCP currently limits the number of people that can take the exam at any site just because it's so time consuming to grade right and there there up until now there weren't enough people volunteering for to to grade these exams the, these exams will be changed they're they're computerizing it and they'll be online soon and there's going to be a new format um it was supposed to be in in effect in december but uh, hopefully in months to come it'll be better in the streamlined so, and is there a website to learn more about it? Yep, bjcp.org. Wow, that's easy. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, uh, Patrick, so you've surrounded yourself with this very interesting uh, group of really smart beer people. Yes. Mary, Chris, <laughs> and... So we're going to put you to the test right now. even more smart okay. than one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> There's two tests. So, Mary, you brought a really good beer. 
What what is the beer? Yeah, so oh, uh, so I brought actually a brand new beer. It's it's so my one of my favorite styles are smoked beers, and I bought this uh, new beer from Be United called the. I don't even know how you say it. The P- Pivo Grodziski. But it's basically a traditional Grotzer ale, which is kind of an obscure style of smoked beer. It's a sour smoked beer. So it's kind of a smoked Berliner Weiss. Um, this is part of the Dr. Fritz Bream series. Um, and it's it's very nice, actually. I actually homebrewed one of these last year. You might have had it. Um, traditionally, I think it was made with 100% wheat. This is made with um, not 100% wheat. It's made with some smoked barley and some smoked wheat. It's soured. Goes through a sour mash process. It's a lower alcohol, um, very refreshing, a little bit smoky. What uh, what alcohol percentage is it? I don't know. I need to because usually the the ones I've had traditionally were uh, between like two point nine. That's four percent. So the ones I've had traditionally were like two nine to three point five. This is apparently four percent. So still, you know, very uh, pretty low alcohol for a craft ale. And um, this is really nice, actually. I get more sourness from it than smoke, but it's got. Mary, what, what do you think about the use of, of smoked malts? What do you think it, it adds to a beer? What do you think? <laughs> she loves it. That's a tricky question, Jimmy. Um, well, does it mean you can use can you use less hops if you have more smoked malt, or can you? No, I think I mean I think, what, what I think it's all about the balance. And also, when you look at at smoked malt, so there's only a limited number of smoked malts that are available, and they do vary in in amount of smokiness and and kind of. You know, contribution to to flavor and aroma. Um, so I, I don't think I think it's all about the balance in smoked beers. So I mean, you you definitely wouldn't want. I mean, I've had some beers that were overwhelmingly smoky, and that's all you get from them. And I think that's that's unfortunate. I mean, you want balance in your beer. You want a decent amount of of uh, bitterness and a decent amount of smokiness, and you know, some hoppiness. Does the game change if you're pairing it with pork? <laughs> well, let's how about that's a good balance. But let's oh, but go to the question. Man, but it does. Listen, you guys are making a name for yourself. Let's get real. But now we're gonna ask some tough questions. And I want Patrick Donahue to answer. Okay. Oh, here we go. This is from the 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 greatbrewers.com. They're they're a good beer test. All right. First question. I will have to read you the answers and then you have to tell me which one. Okay, Patrick. This is a tough one. I don't know. But prior to pro- the fifth. prior to prohibition, most of the taverns and saloons were owned directly by the brewers in what was called a something system, two tier, three tier, tied house or brewery controlled system. Shading, what was it last <laughs> I thought you were still talking. Sorry, I th- multiple choice, Jimmy. <laughs> Isn't this is dumb for the radio? But all right, Mary. Prior to prohibition, most of the taverns and saloons. You know the dumbest ad on the Super Bowl was? It was Budweiser yes. ad. That was the only beer It was ad, like going it? back to Prohibition. They broke Prohibition, and the first beer everyone had was Bud. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like that. So okay. prior to Prohibition, Prohibition, <laughs> most of the taverns and saloons were owned directly by the brewers in what was called a blank system, either two-tier, three-tier, uh, three-tier sorry, tied house, nope. or brewery Before controlled. Thank you, Mary. Tight house, yeah. yeah. Right, because the, if most of the taverns and saloons were owned directly by the brewers and what was called, that's a tight house. It was right. kind of like they had in England for a while, right? Yeah. You know, the, they had... They were, <laughs> 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 that's why he doesn't get it. record show. But now it's three-tier. All right, next one. This is for Annie because she's a Cicerone oh, person. Imperial-style beers derive their name from... The King of England, the Russian Imperial Court, <laughs> British magistrates in India, celebration of the Chinese New Year during the 1800s. Catherine the Great B. 
Empire, Russian Imperial Court. Correct. All right. Now, the last one for Chris Kuzme of New York City Homebrewers Guild. Chris, Uh which president passed legislation to include Jimmy Carter? Carter. All right. Oh, yeah. No brainer for homebrewers. You guys passed, Patrick. You've got a great panel. You said before prohibition. (laughs) Or after prohibition, sorry. You have have a good panel here. For the listeners, could you finish the end of the question? (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Jimmy Carter. Homebrewing. All right. Cool. Now I get the Montauk guys are like, what the hell? What do we walk into? What kind of show is this? <laughs> you're, you're, you're with the Brain Trust guys. We got, you know, Cicerone. What, what's the website for Cicerone in? Cicerone.org. Cicerone.org. C-I-C-E-R-O-N-E. And then what? BJCP.org. Yes. And is there a New York City Homebrews Guild site? NYCHomebrew.com. Yeah. yeah. And GetRealNY.com. You go to these sites, you're going to learn a lot as well as going to GoodBeerSeal.com. Yeah. So there's a lot of information out there for you guys just starting up. Now we're going to give you guys a hard time. All right. All right. This is my thing. Let's go. Okay. Um, there's so many people making beers right now, and I'm starting to feel like that. I, I can't even sell close to half the beers I want to. Um, what do you think about the market, and uh, what do you feel like coming in as a new brewery? Excited? Yeah, we're we're definitely excited. I mean, it's this is this is a project that we've been working on the last three years, and we cannot wait to actually get out and be able to you know put our beer out in some bars. If if we can get our beer in your bar, we'd be extremely happy. So what do you what are you waiting for? Uh, basically, we we've got everything lined up. It's it's not so much waiting on anything, but you know, licensing, getting the beer in, in the brewed and out actually in the market. We're we're set for it. Yeah, Eric's been the uh, the beer designer, you know, the brewmaster, and and Joe and I have kind of headed up the the paperwork trail. That's seemingly. Oh, it's pretty overwhelming the the paperwork for this, but we're uh, we're nearing completion. You know, we have some significant permits in place, and we're waiting on a couple more. So we're we're thinking late spring we'll we'll be ready for for operation, and we'll be able to to get our beer out to the public. But we've had people from the city and and you know East Hampton and beyond, you know Mid Island and and New York City, Manhattan area contact us and said, you know, we heard about you guys. We want your beer now. And we would love to to get it to them, you know. We want to get it to everybody, but um, you know, it's it's going to be this summer, I think. All right. When did you? I mean, what is the rough time frame from beginning to homebrew at all to you know deciding to do this officially, and then where are we at in that? Um, Time-wise, we 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 probably homebrewed for I don't know, maybe like six or eight months, kind of loosely, you know, every every now and then. And then all of, a, all of a sudden, it became time to, you know, really part heads down, start coming up with some, you know, good beers, you know, bought a bunch of books, did a lot of research, and really started, you know, building what, building on our, on our, our, our idea. Yeah, basically. Eric had started, um, he went to Colorado at Boulder, and he had some equipment from some, you know, friends there, and, and you know, home brewing and, and beer is, is huge out there, and, and he kind of headed headed our our beer design process and joe and i you know followed his lead and, and we brewed in our basement for a while um and yeah it was eric's eric's been the mastermind behind the uh going the back batches. to the esb eric uh, that is your recipe primarily right yeah. um where you said this is like what the fourth batch of the esb um pilot batch and and where is it you where, know, where do you want it to go from here or, or do you think you found we it? brewed it four times but four different ways i guess <laughs> and um you know where do i want it to go 
I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, kind of staying in the same direction. I mean, you want to, I kind of want an ESB with a, you know, obviously, like I said before, a bit of an American twist and, you know, American hops, I think, a little bit more carbonation. And, yeah. uh, successful. It's, it's great. Yeah. I like right. Yeah, I tell you what, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to have a, a live beer and pretzel tasting on Beer Sessions Radio when we come back. All right, Lena, get in. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're here at Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn, a very cool spot. Usually every night after our show, uh, Tuesdays at 6, we'll sit down and have dinner, pizza, steak for two, and, and the works. It's a pretty cool place. Um, we're happy to be here tonight. Again, we've got a packed house. We've got, I'm going to tell you, you guys just go say into the mic your name and, and where you're from, because this is a really cool show. Start with Chris. My name is Chris Kuzmi. My father's Ecuadorian. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, go, come on. you got to go fast. Let's go. All right, Mary Izad, I'm the president of New York City Homebrewers Guild. I'm Patrick Dunher, and I like beer. I'm Lena Kolchinski. I'm originally from Moscow, Zygmunt's Pretzel Shelf. I'm Anne Vizera. I also like beer. <laughs> Joe Sullivan from Montauk Brewing Company. Excited to be here. Eric Moss, also from Montauk Brewing Company. Vaughn Cotillo, Montauk Brewing Company. All right, and Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43. This is an awesome group, and we've got the challenge here. We've got the folks from Get Real New York. And they're going to do some uh, beer and pretzel tastings. We're going to taste, uh, Mary, what beers did you bring? And we also have the ESB from Montauk. So I brought two smoked beers. I bought the Grazer that I mentioned before. And then the other smoked beer is the Victory Otto, which is, I have, actually haven't had. It's been out for a while. It was a one-time batch, I believe, at least. I mean, it's limited edition this year. Oh, yeah. Nice sound. That was official. <laughs> So we're going to start with, what should we start with? We have different pretzels. Lena, what pretzels did you bring? I brought the traditional salted. Uh, I have truffle cheddar, probably over, will overwhelm any drink. I have a feta olive and uh, garlic parsley. Here's my question to you guys. Um, do you feel that um, the beers uh, in general are good drink to pair with? Absolutely. I'm, I'm asking it because this, this is what I'm getting, I get asked a lot. I'm not a bar, but I do serve beer um, in our store um, in Village. So this is something that people have no idea what to do with. They're more used to wine and food pairings. 
Well, Mary, what do you what look for? You? Tell this. What do you, Mary and Ann, what do you guys look for when you do a beer and food pairing? Um, personally, either something that's either complements, you know, complementary, if there's something that has a little bit of spice or a little bit of smoke, a little sweetness, or the exact opposite, something that, you know, completely contrasts. So if there's something really, you know, rich and full, then you want something a little more refreshing. I mean, it really just depends. I think that's why I think beer is so great to pair with, because there aren't that strict of rules. You can really have fun with it, kind of experiment and play around. And um, But pretzels, I mean, these. <laughs> I'm kind of excited for the smoked beer and jalapeno pretzel. Pairing I'm about to eat. Also, with beer, there's a huge range of flavors. Um, So you can have, and our favorite reaction, the Maillard reaction. So where where you get, you know, with barbecue or bacon or toast, you get this amazing, um, you know, toasty um, grilled meat flavor that you don't get in wine. So you get wonderful harmonious flavors with beer because some of the malt in beer also go through that same process, that same reaction. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, and also pretzel, I mean, it's the perfect bar food, right? It's, it's uh, carbohydrates, it's starch, it's salty. Yeah. Salty. So I think it's also a very nice backdrop for a strong flavored drink. Yeah. Well, especially because for- your pretzels, you have such a variety of flavors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything from the standard pretzel, which pretty much pairs with any kind of Absolutely. beer. And then you have all the specialty flavors, which I think, you know, really calls for, for some of the nice, you know, flavors in craft beer. So Mary, what, what are we drinking first? The first beer out is what? So, well, I had poured the, uh, that new Grotzer, which is from Be United. Um, that I think actually it's pretty, it's got some s- nice tart sour notes and a little bit of smoke behind it. It's lower alcohol beers, so I think actually that would pair very, I mean, that would obviously go very well with the, the, the straight up pretzel. Now, which, which is the, the pretzel that, that I'm. That's a feta olive. That the feta was, olive. That awesome. Yeah, that is beautiful. <laughs> and I actually think that the, uh, the Fritz Bream Grazer would go very nicely with <clears throat> that because that sour kind of contrast with, um, that's. It's a feta. It's a feta, mm-hmm. right? So feta is kind of sour, so there's like a harmonious pairing between the sour and the feta and the sour and the grazer. Yet, obviously, the smoked um, quality of the uh, beer is a nice contrast to the the olive and the pretzel <clears throat> and the salt. What What do you think, Chris Guzme? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 beer beer and pretzels is a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. This is this is awesome yeah. combo. Yeah, uh, going these- back really quickly back to the Mayo reaction and and uh, you know what Anne said about contrast and and harmony. Uh, beer has the uh, inherent ability to do both at the same time, and that's what makes beer so awesome. You can have the contrasting ability of, of just the carbonation and the hops being sprightly, while having that Mayo reaction be the exact same flavor components that especially works in pretzels because of that that kind of uh, toasted bread kind of thing. Yeah. And so here. Agreed, especially with the with the feta. Uh, and I, unfortunately, I, it was so delicious. I drank my grazer, and I don't have it to try. Um, uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. But right now, I'm actually having the uh, the uh, the ESB, the Montauk ESB, with just the natural uh, pretzel, and it's awesome. Lena, what's this pretzel here? The, the dark one. You see, it's a little darker than the other one. Um. I, it's probably, you guys, you have it's no probably idea what we're I can see it's very dark in here. Lena brought it's three garlic, pretzels. <laughs> it's a garlic parsley. Three pretzels, and they all look different. One of them looks like a pretzel, one looks like a dark pretzel, one looks like a pretzel with cheese in the middle. Right? Yeah. Good description. This, this is close. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be a feta. Yeah. Um, funny, it's a really funny thing. Um, the beer gardens, something that usually serves a lot of different beers and has very poor food menu 
the most common menu item is a uh, popcorn, right. <laughs> chips, chicken wings. I, I again, um, I can't tell why is it the traditional thing to to drink here with a Budweiser, and then it's just somehow continued to stay on the menu now that people even have good selection of beers. But it, I'm surprised to see how little effort is in generally in the city is put into um, food menus in majority of places who already spend time on, on, on beer programs. Well, your pretzels are a great addition. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of bars, if they bought your pretzels, they would definitely be, an, you know, yeah. step up on the food. What's this beer we have now, Mary? It's a Victory something? Yeah, it's a Victory Auto. Mm. Yeah. So I only know this is a smoked beer. I've been told about this, but I can't remember right now. But, um, I mean, Victory does an amazing thing. They have the, what's the... Um, Yes. <laughs> so this so is an, another smoked beer. Yes. So Victor actually does, uh, Bill Kovaleski over there, does some amazing smoked beers. In Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Yeah. And he does some stuff. I mean, he uses 100% Bamberg malt, which is crazy uh, as a from a homebrewer's perspective. For all his beers? No, no, no. But oh. for, for his, some of his smoked beers. Specialty um, beers. But yeah, for, I mean, just to be able to uh, make a beer that's from 100% smoked malt is amazing in America. I don't know that... There's probably a handful of breweries that do that. Um, yeah, this is a nice beer. It reminds me of the the Special Rauch. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, and he's using From that. The Shelton Brothers. Yeah, and he's using that same. So it's like it's like an ale. Malt. I would say, and get, tell me if I'm wrong, Annie. It's an ale that just has a hint of smoke, with a little bit of complexity, but it's still really drinkable it, and really great it's with definitely food. Definitely an ale. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, and that's what special mm. rock is. You mm. know, there's, there's everyone has their Schlankerler beers, which are can be like hugely smoky. Yeah, um, and the special rock and this Victory mm. Auto is they're very subtle. Yeah, and I think I Just mean this is made with that smoke malt from Bamberg, um, but it's done very well, right? It's pretty smooth. It's got a little bit of sweetness. It's got a decent amount of smokiness. By theory, is that if you're using a smoke malt, you can uh, de-emphasize things like hops. Mm -hmm. So you can still have like what it does. I think on the palate, it gets real kind of prickly and and, you know it it does something to your mouth similar to what a hop might do. Gives you a little more flavor, but it's it's more from the malt than from the hops. We were talking about this when we had the guys from Bronx Brewery on. They talked a lot about how they really pick their malt mix, and I don't know if you guys are thinking that way, Eric and. but what do you guys think about a malt mix and how important that is to your beer? I don't know. We've uh, we just basically been like you know screwing around with it. You know, we you know we switch it up. You know, I've said we brewed this one you know four times so far. You know, and you know every t- little time it's you know mixed up and uh, I think you're trying grist. to get the right mix. <laughs> I think you've done well with your with this ESB. I think that the the, the grist is in, in particular is what identifies that this is an ESB, having that little peanut butter and Maris Otter flavor. Uh, otherwise it probably would I would I would loop it into an American pale ale. Yeah. If it didn't have that mm-hmm. peanut butter character or like Yeah, we, yeah. We, we tried it out the first time actually, uh, fresh hop beer. When just before Hurricane Irene came this year, we had seventy five hop plants at a farm in Amagansett. And had to harvest all of them before the hurricane actually came out. So when everyone else was boarding up for the hurricane, we were out there harvesting our hops. So that was our our first ESB batch, and it it turned out awesome. We were really happy with it. Yeah, when people, you know, Montauk, you know, hurricanes are kind of nothing out there, but everybody was kind of boarding up, and we were, you know, out brewing brewing the beer. Just we harvested, and then probably 20 hours later, we were uh, brewing with, with. with the hops that we just harvested, it was kind of a funny scene. People driving by, 
trying to leave Montauk and we were outside and <laughs> running around trying to trying to get the That's beer awesome. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it worked out. I mean the, the beer's been good for us. Sweet. Hey, can I have a little more of that victory mm-hmm. auto? Yeah, that, that victory is really good. So where where did you get this beer, Mary? I haven't even heard of it. You got it at a, a, a bottle shop, one of the great yes. bottle shops in, in so the actually, city? So actually, I got this at Whole Foods Bowery, but I know there were limited kegs and limited bottles available. Actually, I don't even know if they kegged. I think they did. Um, but very limited bottles available. Um, but yeah, it's a delicious beer. One of my favorite things about this style, too, with the smoked beers, it's an amazing beers. Th- this style of beer is amazing to pair with food. Yep. And a lot of times I'll introduce someone to a smoked beer for the first time and they just, it's immediate knee-jerk reaction. They either love it or they hate it. That's bacon. What is this? I'm not drinking, you know, bacon beer. And then they'll have it with something with like a gamey, you know, a venison chili or a, a, you know, smoky bacon or something. And suddenly it just, that whole like scary element goes away. Mary's perfect. And then then they're buying a ticket to get real to eat our pigs and drink our smoke beers. Exactly. No, but this is a really good, and there's like the Schlenker Lahelis, I think is the perfect intro you know just slightly smoked it's kind of a gateway drug beer people taste the hellas they like it a little bit they, and then more and more and more and next thing they're drinking the Roush beers and the, like Carla yeah. Hellas. didn't you win a competition recently why yes I did <laughs> looking over at Jimmy as I <laughs> funny you should mention but I, that's actually why I picked that because I'm such a huge fan of smoked beers and I, I know they're a little intimidating for people so you know to start off with something as light as the as the hellas which is actually not even smoked it's just in the brewery where they make these smoked beers so you get that hint almost like um, you know drinking water out of a lemonade gun you know you get that little hint of, of flavor that's not really there but kind of is and it's a good intro and I think once people taste it like that's kind of interesting I don't know if I like it but I'll have another sip and I'll have another sip and then that's a good place to start food pairings and then it's like well what else can I pair with food so, beer, you know the, talking about the beer so last week Jimmy's number 43 there was the beer cocktail brunch off and you won the judges award and the judges were cool it was Carolyn Edgecombe Edge John Nagley and John Nagley mm-hmm. who are part of the whole homebrew circle mm-hmm. what was your cocktail it was a Dansk Viking blood mead, which is a traditional Danish mead, um, like a thick, syrupy honey wine, just a little bit of that at the base, with the Schlenker Lahelis and a couple dashes of Tabasco, just to give it that kick. And it's, you know, the, the purpose of it was to have a brunch beer. It's a low alcohol, um, good hangover beer. <laughs> that little bit of Tabasco just gives it that kick at the end. And I know you do a lot of really good charcuteries and smoked meats at your restaurant, you know, at the bar. So I think it's a perfect pairing. And I think that's why, you know, you come in, get a nice, refreshing, smoky kick. It's like uh, the equivalent of a beer Bloody Mary. I think it worked out yeah, really well. That was really nice. Good. So we're, we're going to wrap it up in a few minutes. First, we're just going to shout out again to these great events coming up. Again, uh, Get Real New York. Uh, what is the name of it, Mary? Porkalypse Now. And what's the website? Website is getrealny.com. Getrealny.com. And actually, that website is going to expand very shortly and be launched to be kind of a community website for beer lovers. All right. It's kind of very, very much expanded. And Montauk Brewing, guys, anything going on we should know about? Or should we keep an eye out for you or what? Definitely keep an eye out for us. We're going for the you know late spring, like I said. You know, We're finalizing some paperwork now and i think realistically it's it's going to be a late spring early summer you know memorial day launch for us for the tasting room um and and you'll see us out there definitely yeah montauk brewing company dot montauk like us on facebook and uh thanks a lot for having us on the show jimmy all right and i have to say it's our hundredth show which is pretty cool (laughs) that's two years worth we do i'm going to raise a glass again our good friend ray dieter he was a potter of over 70 of them we miss him uh dearly and um, but we're going forward, and we and we we do love you, Ray, up there 
in the sky. Uh, a couple of shout-outs for uh, some events coming up at our Good Beer Seal bars, our buddies. Uh, Mission Dolores, which is a really cool beer bar in Brooklyn. They're doing a Brooklyn Brewmaster Reserve event uh, February 21st. It includes a 2009 Monster Ale, Amabianda, 2007 Black Chocolate Stout. That's cool. You know, isn't it cool when there's some vintage beers are good? I, I do find that a lot of the really special beers, like the other day I got a far out La Rules La Grande. It was like mm. a Belgian triple with American hops. And, and when I opened it, I was like, you know what? This is a great keg, but this would be better in six six months or a year. So I think that you know, at some point, hopefully more places like Mission Dolores will offer tasting of vintage beers, which is cool. We're going to give a shout-out. Uh, there's a new event coming up on March 3rd. Um, they're kind of new to the beer scene, but we think it's going to be a good event. Uh, it's the Handcrafted Tasting Company is gearing up for the first New York City American Craft Beer Festival on March 3rd at the Lexington Avenue Armory in New York City. The festival features 150 beers from 75 breweries, accompanied by food, music, and knowledgeable people to guide you through each, select, each selection. Each of the two sessions will be, include seminars with industry personalities. Our good friend Sam Merritt of Civilization of Beer and uh, author of Brewed Awakening, Josh Bernstein, uh, will be giving seminars. There's also a chocolate and beer pairing with author Clay Gordon that's programmed by us, Beer Sessions Radio. Your ticket allows you access to these seminars and more on a first-come, first-served basis. Also, there's Adam Levy, the founder of the New York International Beer Competition. He'll be in a connoisseurs-only uh, special seminar. So check it out, NewYorkCityCraftBeerFest.com, NYCCraftBeerFest.com. Um, you know, there are new players on the scene. We'll see what they can do. We're looking forward to that event. And uh, again, and thanks to everyone else. Again, GreatBrewers.com, our sponsor, GoodBrewsSeal.com. Check it out. Homebrewers out there, you have just one more day to drop off your qualifying submissions for the Brooklyn Wart, which is on April 28th. That's BrooklynWart.com. And in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors. We said it again, but we'll say it one more time. GreatBrewers.com. Thanks for keeping us on the air. Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to Vaughn. I'll say this. I'll say your name, and then you say, hey, Vaughn. Hey. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Eric. Patrick, Lena, Chris, hey. Mary. Hey, what's up? All right. Hey. Thanks for being here on Heritage Radio Network. You. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, guest coordinator, Brett Thompson. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry for the sponsorship pitch, but they did get us. More to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ear. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. This little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact. I like being...